0: To another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me from our Southwest offices in sunny New Mexico, and Matt, this isn't going to get old, Matt Dudek.
1: Hey there, everybody.
0: You can find Matt on Twitter at horizon matt you can find us on the web at horizonroundtable.com you can find links to all of our social accounts at horizonroundtable.com slash subscribe become a patron patreon.com slash horizon and of course be sure to subscribe to us where podcasts are found and matt this has kind of become the unofficial start of our preview week
1: I love it. We we have something to look forward to. It's one of my favorite episodes all year. I know why it's your one of your
0: favorite episodes.
1: Because you shut <laughs> because up generally.
0: Exactly. It is our media forum, um, and once again, once again, uh, we have a whole host of play by play guys who have uh, have been gracious enough to uh, join us today. So without any further ado let's go ahead and get this show on the road let's get some introductions uh started uh we will start with uh <clears throat> i'm gonna start with um brady labor over at northern kentucky brady once again welcome we really appreciate having you on again
2: thanks boys it's been a pleasure to be a part of this uh now for what is this the third fourth year you guys are cranking out some content
0: third year yeah yeah, uh, I when we appreciate all three of the gentlemen we have on right now. We've had on all three years, so that's awesome.
1: We have a um, lot of continuity. To, it's amazing.
0: I love that, don't you? I do. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, uh, repre- uh, does uh, yeah, is uh, excuse me from Purdue Fort Wayne, of course, uh, John Nolan,
3: Northeast Indiana chapter of uh, the Horizon Media Table. <laughs>
1: that's former um twitter celebrity john nolan to you
0: that is true that is true because we kind of made a thing about it last year we can't do that this year though Uh, but yeah
3: yeah old news
0: (laughs) it is it is um john nolan of course uh and then of course we have uh, we have rob schmidt
4: uh play-by-play from uh, youngstown state sure is in there Hello, Rob. Hi, Rob. Here. Can you
0: hear us?
5: Yes, I can. Uh, there we go. We got you down. Okay. Welcome. That's all right. It's not the first time that people have tried to shun me, so I appreciate the offer. <laughs> Thanks,
1: Thanks for coming for in, Rob. <laughs> Thanks,
5: if man. it makes you
0: feel any better, this is going to not be an isolated incident. So, um, <laughs> joining, us a little later on, uh, joining us a little later on the podcast are uh, Greg Greg from IPY. Uh, Brian Kuklinski from Green Bay and Chris Collins from Wright State. Um, so yeah, let's just get into this. Um, how excited are you guys to get back into the season? I know this is this, this year. It's kind of this forum kind of now marks kind of your unofficial start of the season. So you're welcome, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, for a lot of these guys, it's like the end of your your baseball seasons too. Like, isn't that kind that of how is your lives work?
3: True. Yeah, I'll jump in. And guys, yeah, this really is kind of like a kickoff to the season. I mean, you know, at this point, the college basketball calendar is almost uh, 12 or at least uh, 10, 11 months of the year in terms of guys being on campus and, and working out. Uh, and what, like last week officially had practices underway, only, you know, again, it wasn't the old days where like midnight madness seemed to kind of really mark uh, the, the start of a, a new year. But uh, yeah, for me, as someone who works in minor league,
1: Man, I think it's me. It's got no. Be it's me. it's a, it's an Indi- it's an Indiana problem. We, we <laughs> lose our Indiana guests
2: consistently. <laughs> well, I'll jump in there to kind of make the save a little bit. Um, I just, for me, you know, the beginning of the season, which starts obviously here in the Horizon League with the Horizon Roundtable uh, media get together, is the beginning of the overlap for me i do a lot of high school football so this is where it's going to ramp up for these next three or four weeks as you know you're you're getting towards the playoffs in high school football here in the states of for me ohio kentucky and indiana but then you know i had to drag my butt over there to the arena to watch it practice so i could intelligently you know answer some of your questions or at least attempt to and it's just it's always good to be back in the gym again, that's for sure, especially when you're talking about a group of new guys, a brand-new team, because every team, regardless of any kind of holdovers or whatever, it's a brand-new situation, and it's kind of neat seeing the new faces along with the old guys and how they're going to mesh together and hopefully have a successful basketball season coming up.
0: Rob, did you want to jump in?
5: No, I he, that was said very, very well, you know, here, you know, we're – I, I kind of assumed a, a little bit um, of a different role, a few more responsibilities for football season. So um, we just got, we just got done with a home game last night or Saturday night. We did. Um, now the team goes on the road. So it gives us a chance to kind of focus on basketball a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, this is, you now once you had, once you hit October, you know, it, it comes here very, very quickly now. So yeah, the, the, the tip, the beginning of practice isn't what it used to be because they have so many summer workouts and individual workouts that they're, they're virtually, you know, the players are here almost year round now, but yeah, once you start, you know, they get some scrimmages going way, you know, you, your, your schedule finalized. Yeah. It, it, it starts to sink in, but it's coming up very, very quickly.
1: You know, Rob, it's I, I forget that sometimes at, at Youngstown, you guys do have football as a kind of, Major sport, you know, a couple other schools in the league have football, but it's at a much, much smaller level. But at Youngstown, football, football's a thing. So the basketball team gets to kind of hide in the sports world a little longer there, it would seem.
5: Yeah. So the other night, um, the, the game we hosted here on Saturday, we we actually recognized the men's basketball team uh, during the second quarter. Kind of, you know, acknowledged them for winning the regular season championship a year ago and then, you know, trotted out all the new players, which, you know, it's, it's everyone but three. Um, and, and kind of try to introduce them to uh, our fans that were here in attendance at the game. And, um, yeah, no, football's done real well right now. You know, they, they had a big win the other night uh, against the fifth-ranked team in the country. So, um, you know, I think they're making a push for the playoffs, which, you know, with men's basketball schedule being the way it is early, you know, at Louisiana, at Michigan, um, it'll give them a chance to kind of feel their way through it before the, the full spotlight is cast in their direction.
0: Rob, I am actually very glad you brought up the new faces at Youngstown State, Um, because there's actually two of them I want to talk about. Matt, I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, Two of them we've seen before.
1: Yep.
5: Uh, I love Horizon
1: on Horizon Crime. I love it. (laughs) I'm so here for it on every turn, and Brady will get to you on that. Brady, we will get to you. Hold on.
2: No worries.
0: I don't know. You might actually be able to chime in on this one, too, because because um, obviously Emmanuel Zorgval is uh, now at Youngstown State, and so is Bryson Langdon. It's funny. Um, I talked to Jared Calhoun uh, earlier because uh, I'm working on to work on the uh, preview for uh, Youngstown State, and it's fascinating because we all thought that Bryson Langdon was all the way gone, and according to to uh, coach Calhoun, he was gone. He was, as far as I, from what I understand, Langdon was teaching high school in Chicago. And then all of a sudden he's back playing basketball and back in the Horizon League.
2: Yeah. As far as, uh, you know, on the Northern Kentucky and the Bryson Langdon, you know, it was assumed that he was going to go professional. Uh, Mm -hmm. He had graduated from school and, you know, I, You never know right now with the the expiration of eligibility because of the COVID season. And here's something I would suggest to any SID on any collegiate level. I don't care if they're a freshman, sophomore, junior, graduate, tell me how many years remaining because that's what we'll really know as far as eligibility goes, because there's so many loopholes in gray area that not just came with COVID, but all the other things as well, you know, yeah. free transfer years or is it a free transfer year? I mean, right State's kind of in that situation as well, where they've got a guy they can't get eligible You know, because, you know, they're going to enforce a transfer rule on him and maybe not the other, you know, 1700 guys that were in the transfer portal, for example. So it's just really confusing in this landscape. And once we get out of this COVID area, you know, COVID era, it'll be more cut and dry as far as or at least hopefully, you know, remaining years of eligibility. But I know that. Bryson knew that his time was done at NKU, and it appeared that he was going to go professional. That was pretty much what his original intentions were. And all I can really say is he clearly never signed a contract because with the COVID year in in play, it gave him an extra year of eligibility to play with. And let's face it, there's a connection with Youngstown State and NKU that a lot of people don't talk about, and that's assistant coach uh, Ethan Faulkner a former Northern Kentucky player who recruits the greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area for Youngstown state. And they've done a really good job of doing that. And in today's day and age, part of that. Is to recruit other teams' players because if it if you don't do it, someone else will do it to you, right? So, I mean, they got Adrian Nelson up there last year. They got Iman now, along with Bryson Langdon, and of course, another guy people don't talk about is an incoming freshman out of Simon Kenton High School in nearby Independence, Kentucky. Seven feet three, one hundred and ninety pounds. I know he's probably a project at this point in his career, but Gabe Dines is a guy that a lot of folks couldn't understand how he got out of Northern Kentucky, whether he would go to NKU or Xavier or UC and he ends up at Youngstown state. And to me, that's all Ethan Faulkner, man, just grinding on the recruiting trail, man. And and hats off to him. You know, I'm not going to be mad about it as a Northern Kentucky person. Cause honestly, I'm proud of Ethan as an NKU grad, you know? So it's just, it's where we're at, man, you know? Yeah. And of course, and you talked about horizon on horizon league crime. I mean, <laughs> Northern Kentucky got themselves an in-conference transfer as well, so it's really tough to point fingers and be mad at each other because yeah. those are just the rules in front of us now.
0: It's funny you mentioned Gabe Dines because uh, that is a name that actually came up in my conversation with Calhoun. Um, don't be surprised if you see a lot more than you thought of him this season.
2: Well, he's got to gain a lot of weight. I've seen him in high school, and, and you know, he's skilled for a big yeah. man.
0: So, yeah, according to Calhoun, he's gained like 20, 30 pounds.
2: So, so, does yeah. that mean he used to be 165 pounds, or is that know. in addition to the 190 listed on their
0: roster? I, I think it's, a, it's a, I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out soon enough, won't we? <laughs> right.
2: But I mean, I just see that one. And I always knew him as a skinny kid. And clearly, he's got a big frame and he can, you know, put more weight on. And obviously, he will. Yeah. Um, It's just, you know, can he take the pounding? you know at this point early on in his collegiate career i mean sure. you know we'll we'll only find out because i got a feeling they're going to throw him out there and that's good
0: yeah yeah i think the the because i think according uh from what Calhoun mentioned he's they they may run 10 11 deep um we probably won't see dines or zorg ball as much but you'll but there there may be some schemes in there uh, just kind of throwing that out there um Rob, did you want to uh, uh, say something um, at all? Because I apologize if
4: we cut you off <laughs> again. So while you're th- yeah, so Rob, while you're thinking about that, well, Brady, we, you mentioned
0: the the transfer, the interconference transfer on your end. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, last year, uh, the last couple of years, you had Chris Brandon coming out of Detroit Mercy. This year, you got Cade Meyer coming in, um, yeah, from Green Bay, and it's interesting because we kind of seen his game the last couple of years in Will Ryan's scheme, and it it's an interesting fit, if you will, Um, all Mm -hmm. things considered, uh, with 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 Meyer, especially when you also have the, the Marquette transfer key and into Jerry coming in too.
2: Yeah. Uh, it, but I tell you what, into Jerry is such a freak athlete. That's a guy that is going to put on a show every night, as long as, you know, he can figure it out. I mean, just a raw athlete, but, it seems like, and, and I only went to the one practice, but there were two or three moments, you know, where I just jumped out of my seat at just some flash of athleticism that he had. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, he he's a good one, and that and that was a deal where the transfer portal, where two head coaches are kind of friends with each other, right? Shaka Smart, you know, was at yeah. Texas, it, it, and that's where the original commitment came from. That he goes to Marquette and, it, and brings a T.J. with him, but the key was is Darren Horn helped recruit Atizere to Texas under the staff there of Shaka Smart. So, you know, and that was the early groundwork in the recruitment, obviously not like closing in on the deal. But the point is, is those were two head coaches that were really trying to find a great landing spot for a kid, you know, that probably wasn't going to be fully utilized at Marquette, but on the (laughs) mid-major level, man, he's got the potential to be a real star.
1: Well, and and what uh, experience do we have with the Horizon League with a Marquette Transfer that you know maybe wasn't getting the minutes at Marquette and all of a sudden blows yep. up in the you know the horizon league and shows off what they've got with their one last year and all of a sudden finds themselves on an NBA roster, you know, like that, that oh, you, yeah. you, you you just described the Jamal Kane
2: situation. <laughs> right. Exactly. So uh I think Kane was a lot more polished than a T T-Jure is, but yeah, you know definitely the, the parallels are there. And then of course Cade Meyer coming from Green Bay to Northern Kentucky. The interesting juxtaposition about that was is that You know, Will Ryan was fired right before they made their trip to Northern Kentucky last year. Yeah. And I know a lot of the chatter, whether it was true or not, is that when Cade Meyer was benched during that previous, uh, you know, two game weekend, that that might have been the final nail in, in Will Ryan's coffin. And then, you know, he gets fired and then their first game Without him as head coach is at Northern Kentucky, Cade Meyer's on the roster. And then, you know, for Green Bay and whatever it is, two, three months later, he's announcing his transfer to Northern Kentucky because there was no question, not just he, but anytime there's a coaching change, especially midseason, there's a lot of guys that are going to look for better options. And Cade Meyer, you know, probably the best player on that team, you know, decided that he wanted to not be a part of a rebuilding process again. And that's kind of where he's uh, landed at Northern Kentucky. So hopefully everything works out for everybody involved.
1: Well, Uh, I'll get an opportunity um, in a little bit to talk to Brian Kuklinski from the green Bay side about that, to see if maybe, you know, there was a fit difference, you know, as obviously green Bay is changing a lot, getting in sunny wicks and all that too. So, you know, at some point with all these, they are, young adults kids whatever whatever word we want to put on them for the situation and you have to hope that they find the right situation for themselves
2: yeah absolutely you know coaches are allowed to find the right uh situation i think the players should as well and uh and that's just kind of what it is of course there has to be you know some restrictions some guidelines and i think that's what we're starting to uh figure out as we get through this whole uh transfer portal era because it's not going away guys it just needs to be you know either modified or you know regulated a little differently
0: so Rob, I wanted to jump back in because I saw you sure. jump back in again. Um, we were talking about obviously the the transfer situation, not uh, obviously with the uh, with Zorgval and uh, Langdon coming in, but I also wanted to ask you about some of the other transfers. Ziggy Reed from Merrimack seems mm-hmm. to be kind of the big name, name out of that list, and I, I just wanted to I just kind of wanted to ask you about you know how that that seems to be kind of the strategy going forward for jared calhoun although i should point out obviously we you know there are there are definitely some incoming freshmen that we may see uh as well in the upcoming season
5: well as far as freshmen i know they're high on christian kirkland um a freshman out of philadelphia but no when you when you look at the roster they were they were aggressive again in the off season um with ziggy reed and and grabbing ej farmer out of toledo um you know they were able to snag brett thompson from tennessee tech who's a uh, much needed point guard. You know, he's a little bit more of a scorer probably than Bryson Langdon.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: you know, I think they're high on him. The Jalen Bates kid I've heard good things about in the offseason. He comes here from Florida A&M. And, you know, the DJ Burns kid, they had a scrimmage the other day, and it was mentioned to me by several people um, how 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 good he looks. Um, I, I think of all the incoming transfers, if I read things correctly, he's probably the highest rated um, of the players that are incoming and you know he comes here for murray state where he was a part of that you know that really good run uh with the racers and if i'm not mistaken he started if not all the games most of the games last year for murray um so i i think you know he'll be he'll be one of those guys like an adrian nelson at six seven um who they'll rely upon in the post even though you got the two seven footers here yeah and and regarding those two seven footers,
0: I think I you might you might have heard me mention the fact that, uh, that Dad Calhoun you mentioned he might he's got at least 10, 11 guys and uh, yeah he hasn't really set that lineup yet. So how is it how and he he's really and we when we talked to Matt Cox last week his conversation with Calhoun pretty much. Uh, he can Matt came to the conclusion that, yeah, he, he that Calhoun thinks that this, this roster here may even be better than the one from last year, given the depth of it. Um, rotate from a rotational standpoint, what is that? where, how, how do you see that? How do you see Youngstown State having that level of advantage, not only being able to go various different
4: sizes with, with that bench? Oh no! I did it again. Did you you stumped him? That's all. You absolutely
1: stumped. Okay, well, you know what? We'll we'll get Rob back in here in a minute. So we've talked a lot about uh, YSU and NKU and uh, yeah. talking about new faces and transfers. I want to pull John Nolan in here because John, I have to be honest. When I look at this Purdue Fort Wayne roster, it, it means almost nothing to me. It's like who, who, what? How, like for a team that's had you know such continuity, we're looking at a whole new basketball team here, aren't we?
3: Yeah, it definitely is an interesting season here for Purdue-Fort Wayne, because while we talk about all the comings and goings in college basketball, Purdue-Fort Wayne was so unique last year in bringing back guys for their bonus year of eligibility. Uh, And then, of course, last season didn't necessarily uh, go as planned, coming off of a regular season title the year before. But uh, now all five starters from last year have graduated, bring back four players who are in the rotation off the bench, and Anthony Robertson uh Quentin Morton Robertson, Eric Mulder, Johnny Desjardins. Uh as far as incoming talent with the transfer portal, uh coincidentally, no. It's always
1: when we're getting the good stuff. Sorry, John, are you there? <laughs> Lost hey guys, there, yeah, John? I'm here. Can oh, you sorry. hear me?
4: Yeah, Yeah, we lost
1: you. You you were just getting into coming off the transfer portal and we lost you. It was was redacted.
3: Apologies for that. Well, yeah, coincidentally, no one uh, coming in from a current Horizon League program, but a couple of guys from uh, recent Horizon League programs and Jalen Jackson, who spent his freshman year last year at UIC, but he's a Fort Wayne native. So it's a homecoming for him in the backcourt guy can really uh, get into the paint. And then uh, Max Nelson, he's a four man who's a shooter who spent his freshman year last year at Valpo, a Wisconsin native uh, from the Green Bay area, who comes in. Uh, they've also got Destin Whitaker, who's a 50 year guy from Fresno State, originally from Chicago. So back to the Midwest for him, he's an outstanding shooter. Rashid Bello will be in the mix at point guard. He actually comes in uh, from a Division Two program, Wisconsin Parkside, where he was the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference Player of the Year. Uh, someone who was probably uh, a victim of uh, the COVID situation when he was a high school senior in recruiting and things were weird back then and got overlooked. So uh, those are some impact transfers. A couple of guys who had redshirted last year. Chris Morgan. He's a guard uh, from Wisconsin. And then uh, D'Angelo. Elise, he's a big man who a couple of years ago in junior college left he uh he'll be in the mix in uh in the front court.
1: So in Kaufman's offense, which you know is usually what Purdue Fort Wayne hangs their hat on, who do you think um is most likely to step in and produce, you know, the points we're used to seeing from this team?
3: Yeah, I'm going to be just as interested as you guys to see how it, how it plays out. But I know in talking with Coach Kaufman recently, uh, despite all the uh, the changes personnel-wise, you know he says he only knows one way to play. That's going to be the up-tempo style, uh, pace and space and attack. I mean, at least just from a leadership standpoint, uh, Anthony Roberts, who now is the only guy who's in his final, final year of eligibility here, um, I know he, he's definitely going to be someone who's stepping up. I think you count on Quentin Morton-Robertson uh, as well, guy who started a tiny bit last year uh, to, to get some points, too. But, I mean, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, more of a, a committee effort rather than having a go-to guy like Jared Godfrey uh, the last few seasons. And, you know, they've got a, a talented freshman class as well, I should point out, uh, Jermaine Coleman, who's from uh, the Indianapolis area. He's a really athletic wing who I think could contribute right away. Corey had not um he's a, a guard from uh houston who uh again is impressed uh thurman thurman is another uh, freshman who gets some minutes right away i uh, will see it's going to be a pretty pretty balanced team i believe
0: and rob are you here i'm sorry i i you kind of we we asked you about the the depth of the Youngstown state bench and i don't know if you heard of us on that <laughs>
5: no i did actually i apologize for cutting that. i don't know my phone obviously needs to be upgraded
0: it is um, the, i think it's this forum in
5: general <laughs> as, we,
0: as you will hear a little later on
5: wouldn't wouldn't it be the
1: media people that we have the most tech issues with like wouldn't that just be the thing <laughs> yeah i mean that kind of attracts don't you think
5: <laughs> it seems to be that way i just know you know at the end of last year you know when you looked at the team they, they i think they were probably 6 7 deep they had, they they'd pretty much settled on a rotation last year and you know, coming in, I knew that they were. You know, they they wanted to address that, and you know, before the kids were reporting and everybody they had signed, I know that they were looking at going 10-11 deep. Um, you know, I talked to one of the former players that had watched them play. Said that they were much deeper than last year. Um, he obviously wouldn't concede that they had a better starting five because he was a part of last year's starting five. But yeah, he, he definitely said that they're deeper. I think they can, You know, I think now with uh, the transfer from from Tennessee Tech. And in, in Brett Thompson, I think he's a little bit more of a scorer. So I think that'll help with Bryson Langdon, who's a very smart player. As you guys know, um, having been around this league. So they'll rely on him. Uh, I'm sure in clutch situations. Um, so, you know, and one of the other freshmen, I, I know that they're he's a walk on, but, but he's really open to, besides a kids named Dante DePonte, I think that's how you say it. Um, but he's, he comes from Pittsburgh and, and I, you know, he's a really good shooter from what I'm, from what I'm hearing. So, They've got some, they've got a lot of guys and, you know, from everything that you read about coach Calhoun, he's a great offensive mind and, and I'm sure they'll figure out a way to implement them all and, and put him in the right rotation.
1: You know, uh, Rob, you just kind of sparked a, a thought for me as you talked about, you know, Calhoun's a great offensive mind. It got me to thinking, you know, how is Youngstown feeling? Cause, cause Calhoun's name came up a lot this off season. Do you think that had any factor on the makeup of this team or did you think, End of the day, it was never a question that this was where he was going to be to start this year.
5: Um, that's a good question. I I don't know if I can justifiably answer that. I I know that there was interest. I know, you know, when when West Virginia, you know, had its falling out with Coach Huggins, um, you know, his name was in the mix along with several other individuals. I think people think a lot of him now. I I think he's, you know, when you when you would if you read a certain site, you know, he's one of those up and covers, one of those rising stars, so to speak. So I, I think there's interest in him. I think they saw what most people expected. Uh, when you take Youngstown State from where it was to where it was a year ago, you know, from where the program had been, I think you're obviously going to get people to look at you um, and want to know how you were able to do that and how you are able to win a regular season championship and having a, have an opportunity to be in the NIT. So I think that opened some eyes. And, you know, he's done it in, in a relatively short amount of time. This will be his seventh year here. Um, but I've I, I told him, you know, I, I think he has figured out a secret of success here. Um, you know, and, and he's, he, you know, last year he was able to bring together a lot of new pieces and get them to play. And that's why I think there's optimism that he'll be able to do the same thing this year. Um, you know, Brandon Rush is, is one of those two guys that return along with John Lovelace. Um, so, you know, they can rely upon those guys. They'll be integral pieces as well um, to this puzzle. So, no, I, I think people realize that that he's, He's kind of worked with the new, you know, the new way we've talked about through the portal. He's used it his best benefit at this mid-major program.
0: All right. So, Matt, I wanted to introduce uh, back to the media forum uh, once again, uh, Greg, Greg Straw,
6: Greg, thank you, as always, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Happy to be here. All right. As all of you should know,
0: uh, Greg, of course, uh, does the play-by-play for the IUPUI games and we also want to welcome back chris collins who uh does play by play for wright state welcome back once again um welcome back
4: once again chris hello yes hey there you go (laughs) hello
7: Hey, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I don't know if you got me or not.
0: Well, I got you now. So, all right. right. And then of course we want to uh, welcome uh, Brian Kuklinski, who I believe this is his first media forum. So uh, Brian of course does the play by play for green Bay. Welcome, Brian.
8: Thanks for having me guys. It's good to be here. All
0: right. So Brian, I want to start out with you first because there've been a couple, I don't know if everybody noticed this, but there've been a couple of changes at, uh, at green Bay. Um, Especially on the coaching side with this uh, Sundance Wicks guy. Have you heard of him?
8: Uh, I've uh, heard a thing or two. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, every time, and I'm sure you've talked to him. And if you haven't heard, if you haven't heard any interview from Sundance Wicks, you have to just period. Um, the guy just oozes enthusiasm. That whole bring your own juice thing. I mean, most of it's his. Um, with a guy like that coming in, um, with just the, the just nonstop energy, um, where do you see that Green Bay team just taking itself, especially given where where the Phoenix were last year?
8: You know, I, in thinking about, I knew this question was coming, so thinking about it, the first thing that I you know want to make sure that everybody knows about Coach Wicks is the fact that that energy isn't just for a TV camera or a microphone and a radio interview. I've actually sat at a golf course with Coach Wicks and it's that same energy that he talks to you with while you're just sitting on the back patio of a golf course. You spend a couple of minutes talking to the guy and you're, you're tired just from talking to him. But I think that burst of energy is what the program needed. Um, I've been able to check out practice and there's just a whole nother intensity level to practice and the standard that he's holding the guys to and the way that he and his assistant coaches that he's put together have run practice. And, you know, it's obviously got to translate to games. Um, You know, my, one of my lines to use is coach Wicks is going to win every press conference, but how does that go when it comes to actually putting the ball up in the air and playing the game? Um, But I'm really excited to see what happens come November uh, when they're playing these things for real.
0: I think kind of beyond just uh, Wicks coming in, um, the the players that you have coming in, specifically uh, specifically Nick Reynolds. I think we've probably heard a lot about Nick Reynolds and what he brings to the table. Um, I, I don't think we've seen a guy like that come in, um, at least in the last couple of years.
8: Uh, not as you know specifically not to the Green Bay program. You yeah. know, other other programs around the Horizon League have have brought in players of uh, Reynolds' capability, but yeah. watching him play, he he's the real deal. And uh, you know he's a guy that you know could be playing uh, you know, high major basketball. But you know obviously his familiarity with Coach Wicks from Wyoming, um, Noah's brother Nick being on the coaching staff. All those things help. And having a player like Noah come in uh, really energizes that program. And I think you look no further than like what Milwaukee did last year in, you know, showing what this era of the transfer portal in college basketball can do where it doesn't take three, four five years to turn around a program anymore. And, you know, hopefully we see the fruits of that coming this year right away.
1: So, Brian, my question then is with Green Bay, you know, obviously you know, Green Green Bay Packer football is everything in Green Bay. But with the team being kind of awful this year, do you think there's a chance for uh, Sonny Wicks to kind of reinvigorate Green Bay and, and bring a lot of attention to the team?
8: You, you know, that's an interesting question because the Packers, no matter awful or not, are going to lead every news cycle. Um, So, you know, you want to make sure you you get in there and get known. Um, The running joke in town is nobody cares about anything until February when the Packers are done playing. Um, But I think the level of of attention the program has gotten, um, not only with the hire of Coach Wicks and the splash that made when it happened, um, but the way the coaching staff's philosophy and the athletic department's philosophy has changed about, you know, getting into the community, reminding people that you're here. Um, you know, previous coaches, uh, when they used to fill the rest center up, um, back in the Coach Kowalczyk, you know, back to Coach Bennett, Coach Kowalczyk, Coach Wardle, those guys all put an emphasis on having the players being extra involved in the community. And you really saw that mentality shift back this summer uh, with all the places that the guys were showing up in the community.
0: All right. Um Chris, I, I would be remiss, of course, if I uh, would, uh, didn't ask you about the biggest will he or won't he question we have in the Horizon League right now. And then, of course, is Tanner Holden. Um, yeah. uh, as of right now, we're not sure if we're going to see him or not this year. But given the structure of uh, – given what Wright State already has coming in for sure already, not, not the least of which being obviously Trey Calvin um, – Will, how, will that make a difference, really? I mean, I, it, Wright State seems like a pretty good team without Tanner Holden. I
7: Although, think being that's with, that's,
0: with Tanner Holden, they're pretty outstanding, too.
7: I, I think everybody here uh, uh, on this conversation would say, yeah, they'd be much better with Tanner Holden. I mean, there's no question about it. But, yeah, they've got a lot of other guys back. He wasn't here last year. But I will let you know this. Um, you know, this is quite a... It's taking a long time for the NCAA to make a decision, which, you know, hey, I have all respect for it because they really want to look and see all, you know, what's involved here with Tanner. Now, I did hear uh, this week that at the earliest we could hear an answer, A or nay, as early as next week. So, you know,
4: yeah.
7: yeah, So I I think that's early, you know, hopefully something next week, because let's face it, the I State coach needed what what direction to go in right now. Sure. As far as well, right now, they're saying, "Hey, it's 50-50. We don't know. It's all up to the NCAA." Sure.
0: Well, well, now I'm now I'm really glad Blake Schumacher did a uh, did a not a Tanner outlook and a non-Tanner outlook now. Uh,
7: yeah, uh, I I would think so. But let me tell you this though, I, there's there's something about this team though. Uh, they realize that they'd love to have him back, but you know they know they have to move on with what they've got. You know, I just want to tell everybody, um, you know, there's upper upperclassmen who are coming back, which we'll probably, you know, early in, the, early in the season, we'll see most of the time. But there are three freshmen, true freshmen this uh, roster, to be honest with you, Coach Nagy is excited about. You know, I think the biggest question he and his staff are going to have is, will somebody be redshirted? I mean, they have some talented kids on this team. They're a guard-oriented team. Uh, they're not very deep up front. You know, that's especially if Tanner is not going to play this year. Uh, but they're going to be up-tempo. They're going to be able to score. There's no question about that. But I think the biggest question is defense and um, also uh, rebounding, uh, which hurt the team last year. And they need to get to the free throw, which, to be honest with you, if Tanner holding gets back, that's something that does well. So, you know, a lot hinges upon, I think, you know, Tanner coming back.
1: I think that's really interesting to um, talk about freshmen, too, because that seems to be almost the opposite approach of most of the rest of the Horizon League, where it's been an emphasis on getting older, but here we have Wright State with some, some freshmen that might see minutes right out of the gate. So, you know, it's a really interesting uh, kind of dynamic there in, in the league.
7: It, it is. And uh, one is that, uh, one of, I, I want to omit this, uh, but uh, a couple of kids sat out last year, a young man named Dre Carter. Mm-hmm. He's listed six foot eight, uh, 190 but he has been very impressive in pre uh, preseason camp to this point. Uh, he is somebody who I think will be able to come in and give some minutes you know, for A.J. Braun, as well as Brandon Knoll. Uh, he's a very athletic young man out of Columbus. Uh, offensively, he's talented. Uh, they're getting him and working him hard on his rebounding, especially offensive rebounding. I think he's gonna get a, a great opportunity to see some minutes this year. Uh, another young man also who was a freshman, uh, redshirt out of Fairfield, 6 foot 5 he's a big guard he can defend it and he's also a really good three point shooter his name is Logan Woods i don't see him starting but i see him getting some minutes this year you know off the bench for coach neggy coach neggy doesn't as the season goes on and gets into league play i think you all know uh, his
4: experience he doesn't like to use more than 8 or 9 guys yeah but this year uh oh no we lost chris Again, he'll be back.
1: It was like a cliffhanger too. It was like right in the middle oh, of like, oh, <laughs> there he
7: is. Yeah, there he is.
0: Okay, all right. Where
7: where was I at?
0: You were like this year, and because you were talking about the short bench, and then this year, and then that's where he lost you.
7: Okay, I, I'm Logan Woods, right? You are. Okay. Okay. Well, I just want to these three freshmen. I don't know if they're going to be redshirted or not, but Caden Brown, uh, an outstanding talent out of the state of Michigan, he's a six foot guard. He's been very impressive in camp, as well as a guy from Northeast Ohio. His uh, his name is Solomon Callahan. He's a left-handed guard at about six-two, very mm-hmm. quick, an excellent shooter. Uh, and then
4: also, uh, I, I got to mention this young man, and I have a feeling he might be redshirted, but I'm not sure. He's making. Another cliffhanger. <laughs> the third freshman.
0: I guess we'll never
7: know who he is.
1: There
0: he we, we go.
7: There you go. There I don't he know, is. My, my, my screen keeps freezing up here. I'm sorry. I apologize. No. no the, fresh, good. the freshman is 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 Dejon Anderson. He's a okay. 6'2 guard out of Dayton, Ohio, but his grandfather it, was Dwight Anderson who passed away within the past year. Mm-hmm. Dwight Anderson was an outstanding college player for uh, the uh, USC and Kentucky. And uh, probably one of the best uh, high school players to ever come out of the Dayton area, and uh, he was able to work with this young man uh, while he was still living. And uh, I tell you what, he is very, very talented. He might be redshirted, but it's a guy to keep an eye on. He he's got a lot of ability, a, a tremendous athlete, and he can really shoot the three.
0: All right. So so Greg, we've been ta- We talked about uh, we talked about how every a lot of the teams spend you know have over the years have spent not a lot of time on the freshmen. IUPUI has taken a different tack by and large. Uh especially with that core of freshmen uh that they brought in, not the least of which being Vincent Brady. Now that they're and of course it really helps that you have a core that comes back this year as opposed to the year before. So uh when we look at this IUPUI team is this going to be the year that they kind of make the leap um out from the bottom half of the uh, bottom half of the Horizon League standings? <laughs> oh no, I stumped him.
1: <laughs> Greg didn't see that question coming and now he's he's got nothing to say. He's, I used
0: I don't know. He was probably going to. He was probably waiting for you to ask how uh, if uh, if uh, IUPUI is in fact for the children.
1: I mean, I've heard that rumor. Um, <laughs> we are still IUPUI this year, yes? As we're waiting for, for Greg to chime in that we have one more year of IUPUI. Yes, is that we right? have one more
0: okay. year of IUPUI, and then next year it's IUI,
1: And um, okay. it's
0: going to take me forever to get used to that.
1: <laughs>
6: Absolutely. You guys got me.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, we, we asked a bunch of questions about, you know, the freshmen and IUPUI being for the children and all that stuff. But, <laughs> um, So, yeah, we, we asked about the freshmen, uh, you know, the last year's freshmen coming into this year and uh, how how that's going to – now that they have a year under their belt, how that's going to impact IUPUI moving forward.
6: Sure, the story for, I, for IUPUI is continuity. You know, there are seven players that are all – you know, backcourt or, or kind of shooting guard, small forward level players that returned from last year. Um, and so while last year it was freshman, young players, you know, debutants, this year it is, hey, just bringing back that entire core, have you make a larger jump than last year from a win total? Because let's face it, IUPUI last year was significantly better than the team that played two years ago. Sure. Only led to two more wins, you know, from three wins to five. Uh, the expectation is, is this is a double digit win team, or at least that's the hope. Uh, and and to your earlier point, can you get out of the last couple of spots of the horizon league? Can you get to use the soccer terminology mid table? Uh, you know, I, I kind of think that's what this group can do. What they have to replace is the bigs. You know, Chris Austin was a great one-year player, uh, for them. Jonah Carrasco
4: was, you know, the rare three-year kid, uh, coming from the Juca ranks, uh, and Just can't keep a connection, can we? Maybe it's me. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, I'm. I have a theory that um, we're actually exposing Horizon League basketball information that we're not supposed to be with these guests, and they keep getting kidnapped.
0: Yeah, that could be it. There, it's redacted in. They're redacting themselves mid uh, during the course of the episode. That I appreciate that a lot. Obviously, um, it makes for kind of amusing awkward silences, but. <laughs>
4: But yeah, well Greg, do we have you? Oh no, we don't. Well, that's too well, bad cuz I'm I'm really intrigued by this IUPUI team.
1: I'm I'm curious to see um not only how they grow but you know with, with those players and trying to replace the bigs as Greg was just saying, but also you know like if they don't see that success, you know IUPUI about to be IUI has a new AD in place as well like, and you start to wonder, you know how long is that leave for Matt Crenshaw going to be as well? You know, that Ooh, so a lot of times question. you see, you know, you see an AD come in and, and kind of want their own guy, but Matt Crenshaw is kind of, you know, outside of um, uh, other coach, Ron Hunter. There's the one outside of Ron Hunter and George Hill. You like, should know
0: who Ron Hunter I, is. I blind.
1: Come on. It's a long day. <laughs> uh, outside of Ron Hunter and, and George Hill, like Matt Crenshaw is IUPUI. I have to imagine he's going to have every opportunity to, to, to let that team succeed. And, you know, it's been a slow build, but I, I think he was working from, for, I mean, bare bones and, you know, not to, not to compare it, but, you know, like, I I think it was worse than even the green Bay situation. I don't know, Brian, if you, you, you would agree, but um, you know, Gr- green Bay really had a lot of work to do, but I think, you know, the, the cupboard wasn't necessarily bare for, uh, for Sonny when he came in, where I think when Matt came, took over just a couple of years ago, I think the cupboard was, was bare and, you know, that's
8: a tough one to build. I, you know, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, having watched uh, Green Bay play IUPUI in the last game of the season a couple of years ago, and they only had six active players, um, one of them gets hurt in a game and they have to play the game with five. Uh, You know, you give the the guys credit for that. But, you know, Sonny coming into the situation is a lot different than, you know, Matt was able to have a few guys that were there. But not a lot. Sonny comes in with a full roster and kind of got to pick and choose who who was going to stay, um, which guys he was going to bring in, Um, you know, and as we saw, only a few guys wind up staying and and Sonny able to rebuild right away uh, with the way it looks. So uh, it is a couple of different situations. Yeah.
1: You know, one question uh, you kind of just sparked my my thought on this um, that I meant to ask you earlier. But since we're talking about it, I'm um, talking about players staying and going from Green Bay. One of the things that we saw was a little bit of horizon on horizon crime, um, which I'm a huge fan of just from the storyline <laughs> standpoint. I, I'm just here for it. Uh, do you have any any thoughts on, on that crime?
8: Are you specifically referring to Cade Meyer transferring within the conference? That would Maybe. be the one
0: okay um, we could be asking about northern kentucky always getting uh northern kentucky players always ending up at ysu but yeah, oh, yeah we'll talk, sure.
1: we're talking to, talking to brian let's talk about kate meyer for a second then KU.
8: you know kate, kate is an outstanding basketball player and you know I, i'm happy that he's going to get an opportunity to showcase his skills there to be honest with you from what i've seen in practice um and in what green bay could be potentially um i'm not sure Cade really would fit in the system that Coach Wicks wants to run um, and is going to be a better fit there. So as an individual, I loved Cade. Cade is a great guy Um, and he's a he's a compliment to any program and is going to be a great player, great locker room guy. There's nothing you can say bad about him. Um, So I'm happy for him as a person. Um, The way that the system is being constructed here in Green Bay, not sure it was exactly the right fit. And, you know, you also got to take a look at the fact that, you know, Cade was a a Coach Ryan guy. Uh, Coach Ryan brought him in, and, you know, now that coach isn't there anymore. So from the athlete standpoint, that's where I do agree with the way the portal works. I think, you know, the athlete should have a choice to go where he wants to go in that situation. And if the Norse are the best fit, more power to him. Just hope he doesn't have any success the two times we play him.
0: Um, I have one last question to kind of open it up. Um, over the years, we, we've kind of seen the incremental improvement of all the, the horizon league as a whole. Um, it, it seems to me that it, it, top to bottom, it's getting This league is getting better. Um, does this seem like the year that this is going to be a, a true kind of fight, uh, top to bottom for, for the top of the standings?
8: Yeah, I'll jump in there first. I I definitely think that yes. I mean, when you take a look at uh, all the gains and how good a a program like Youngstown State, Wright State, always really good. Cleveland State has maintained. Um, You know, IUPUI, like you were talking about, uh, has incrementally gotten better the last couple of years. Uh, Milwaukee, with their quick turnaround last year, I'm expecting, you know, really good things coming out of Green Bay um i i think it's nothing but great for the conference when you see all of these teams making the improvements that they had and the conference has always been a fight night in and night out but it's going to be some really fun interesting basketball to watch this year
1: uh, any thoughts chris. From chris on that
7: yeah i i do i i'm hoping the league does uh, start to get better and you know i think brian made some good points i think uh Within the league itself. Yeah, I think competition is going to be better, but I think to get more notoriety, uh, they're going to have to strive and do better in non-conference games. Uh, This league needs to be able to be a two bid league. Uh, I think it's going to help it a lot, but uh, they've got to—they've really got to step in that direction right now, and everybody's going to have to start playing much better, especially out of conference. I haven't seen all the uh, non-conference, uh, the non-league uh, schedules for all the teams this year, but I do know Wright State has a very, very challenging one. They open up at. Uh, at Colorado State, you know, uh, an excellent team out of the Mountain West, which has set, you know, three, four teams to the NCAA tournament the last couple of years. You know, Indiana is on there. A very good Toledo team out of the MAC, Western Kentucky. So, you know, I just hope everybody else in the league starts to do that and they start to win and get back to those days, you know, especially, you know, when Butler was in this league and being able to knock off some top five schools, you know, occasionally and uh, get this league two, maybe sometimes three bids.
8: You
1: know, Chris, Yo, Chris I... Chris,
8: Oh, go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say, Chris, I couldn't agree with you more as far as the the non-conference slate goes. And I know there's there's schools, and Green Bay's historically been one of them that you have to schedule some of the bye games just for financial yeah. uh, things within your athletic department. But you know, hopefully, uh, I know Green Bay's put a focus on it, engaging the community much more, so you don't have to rely on those games so much. Because what kid wants to go out and play five of those and you know, take a beating five times over the non-conference season. And, you know, you look at Green Bay and what, what they were able to do this year, um, there's some good ones on the schedule. We're, you know, at Valpo, um, you know, the MTE this year for us is in Bozeman, Montana, and we're playing Montana State and UC Riverside, St. Thomas on the schedule. So, you know, really good mid-major programs. And I, I hope that the trend moves towards the mid-majors playing each other more often. Um, instead of kind of hunting out some of those buy games, because I think that does better for the conference when you have a chance to pick up more of those non-conference wins.
7: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Brian. Uh, the Wright State also has uh, Miami uh, of Ohio, uh, which is getting better out of the Mac. Uh, But you look, they also have a road game with Davidson out of the Atlantic 10. Uh, nearly beat them at home last year but you know the nt that they play is down in florida this year and they'll start out with the raging cajuns of louisiana hofstra which has also been successful the last couple of years is also in that tournament so well, i agree with you i hope all the teams you know jump on that bandwagon and head in that direction you know get their rosters fortified and be able to get some wins and get this league back up to where it used to be
1: you know chris i have a uh a non-conference question for you as a Wright State person, um, one team that, of course, Wright State can never get on their um, non-conference schedule is Dayton because Dayton won't play Wright State and all that. But uh, Oakland is playing uh, at U of D yep. Arena, um, and I know that Campy has already sent some tickets to some Wright State fans. Do you think uh, we might see a little bit of Horizon League uh, cheering on and, and more, maybe even more importantly cheering against Dayton in that game? <laughs>
7: No, well, I don't know, but I, 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 think that's, I think that's great at Coach Campy, you know, to do that. But, you know, not only is Oakland on the schedule, Youngstown State is also on the schedule. Uh, so there's some people here in this area that say, well, why can't – why are you scheduling these two teams and, you know, not a team that's in your backyard? Well, I think it gets down to, you know, people above our pay scale. You know, uh, it's like, you know, Wright State has to play so many home games. Like, you know, Brian mentioned you got to play some games. Yeah, they've got Muskegon and a small school called Bethel, Indiana, coming into play also because it's a hard – to find somebody to play, especially the home games, you know, so, you know, they won't play, they won't play right. State date will not play right. State I've been told because they don't want to give up a home game. They said they'll play right. State, but every year it would have to be at the UD arena, which, you know, gives Dayton a huge advantage. Uh,
0: all right. Yeah. So yes, that should about do it. Well, thank you once again, guys. Um, I think, uh, Greg, maybe I actually got might have gotten kidnapped. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. We'll pay the okay. ransom, Greg. We'll do it, man. Um, at, uh, the uh, at Greg Greg Straw at, on Twitter. That's where he's at. Um, Brian underscore Kuklinski at, at Twitter as well. I, uh, if memory serves, correct.
8: That's correct.
0: And at Chris Collins 381. That's right. All right. Well, be sure to be sure to follow all those guys, and uh, we look forward to having uh, to hearing your uh, play by your calls uh, throughout the season.
7: Thank you very much for having me, Brian. Look forward to seeing you. Chris, we'll uh, look forward to seeing you as well. And guys, thanks so much for putting this all together. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for you. coming in, guys.
0: So that's gonna do it for us, guys. Uh, Matt, uh, this has always been a this is always a great forum. So, um, at, tune in next week. We're doing our uh, post uh, preview week. Uh, ch- chat uh until then horizonaroundtable.com you definitely want to catch it this week because we got all our preview week articles up uh you can pull us up wherever podcasts are found you
4: can pull us up on your amazon or google devices so tune in next week until then thank you all for listening